Welcome to the Strangeology Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Foran. From cryptozoology, ufology, and the paranormal, to legends, forbidden history, and more. Listen in and explore the world of the weird and unexplained. Join me as I look into strange and fascinating tales and unearth the truths and theories behind some of the world's greatest mysteries. Be sure to head on over to our HQ, strangeology.com, where you can check out our blog, episodes archive, gift shop, and so much more. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we get weird. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I hope everyone is doing well. We're just getting over a uh, a slight heat wave here in New England. Uh, Did get pretty pretty warm and humid for a few days and uh you know i mean slight compared to uh what was just going on out in the pacific northwest and west coast in general i'm hoping my friends and listeners uh who live out that way are staying cool and safe uh during these wild times um but anyway the uh my summer has gotten uh started pretty much hitting the ground running I've been super busy uh, working on new merch designs and also uh, working out logistics and getting things uh, planned out and ordered for uh, my vendor table uh, for uh, all the events that I'm going to be doing later this year. Uh, The first one coming up, of course, is the Cryptid Bash, which is happening on August 7th. Uh, It's hosted by the Moth Boys podcast. And it's happening at the uh, Morgantown Art Party in Morgantown, West Virginia. And that's going to be a really awesome event. They've got all sorts of vendors. And uh, Small Town Monsters is going to be uh, screening some some films. It's really going to be a good time. So if you live in the area, uh, definitely, definitely hit that up. And uh, also an official announcement on the show. Uh, I recently signed up to be a vendor at a brand new festival uh, taking place in Maine in early November. It's a Fortean Fest in Spring uh, Springvale, Maine on November 6th, uh, which uh, if you're in New England or uh, Maine <laughs> in the Portland area, definitely come out. It'll be a fun time. It's uh, brand new and it's uh, hosted by the Paranormal Five. Uh, Missy actually uh, heads up the Paranormal Five, and and she wrote a uh, really, really cool blog article for uh, the Strangeology dot uh, com HQ website a little while back. Uh, so it'll be a good time. Definitely check it out. And uh, of course, uh, end of November, or I guess really more the week before Thanksgiving, uh, I'll be traveling to Kentucky uh, to be. Uh, checking out CryptidCon, the big time show. (laughs) So that'll be a a good time. There's uh, one or two more that I'm I'm thinking of of signing up for that are a little bit closer, but uh, TBD on those. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm recording this intro on World UFO Day, and what better time to go over some UFO news before we get into the main segment of the show? I'm sure, as most of you know, by this point, the UAP uh, report from the Pentagon dropped on June 25th, and it was a whopping nine pages long. Apparently, from my understanding, there's another 70 or so 
pages that are still classified that the public can't see. Uh, that's just for uh, the Senate. I know there was a lot of hype being built around this report uh, since word got out of uh, word of it got out last December, and everyone was super excited that you know maybe this was gonna be some kind of bombshell. <laughs> bombshell thing. And I was definitely excited about the possibilities, but I wasn't going to get my hopes up. Uh, because like you remember like how long the government took to acknowledge the existence of like area 51. <laughs> so, you know, there, there, there's, there's stuff that they, they don't want us to know, but uh, the long and short of it is that these, uh, this report worked up by the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, or the UAPTF, states pretty much that they need more data beyond the 144 events investigated between 2004 and 2021. And clearly there's way more than that for decades and decades uh, of information, uh, and especially with uh, recent... Uh, revelations from from certain people in the military that are saying like they pretty much experience uh things out at sea like almost every day that they can't explain which is super interesting and needs to be looked into but uh yeah basically this report was like a we cannot confer cannot confirm nor deny that some of these reports involve something otherworldly and not human so you know, it seems like that explanation, at least for some, is still on the table uh, as far as like extraterrestrials go. I think there was like one that they did confirm was just a balloon, which is funny uh, because it's always the explanation. Like uh, the the Roswell incident was actually just a weather balloon <laughs> type of thing. Uh, though I do find it interesting that. The report does talk about unusual flight characteristics of these things, and there was one section bolded and underlined, um, and that stated that the uh, that UAPs threaten flight safety and possibly national security. And of course, it would be nice to see the classified portion of the report, uh, but I suppose ultimately this is a big step in the the right direction. Um, and if it is part of uh, a larger disclosure, it's definitely a slow drip, or so it seems. Anyway, if you if you haven't read the report yet and you do want to read it, you can find it linked on tons of new news sites, or you can go to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence website, and you should be able to find it under the press release section uh, fairly easily. It's, I think, a two or three posts down from their uh, most recent uh, press releases at this point. All right, so on with the show. In today's episode, my guest is Jonathan Dodd, who is an awesome artist and loves all things weird and strange and Bigfoot. <laughs> so uh, we had a really fun conversation, and I think you're all going to like it quite a bit. Um, and just as a, a quick heads up, uh, there were some connectivity issues with the Zoom call and some audio quality issues uh, during the main uh, portion of the show. Uh, so I tried to clean things up as much as I could, uh, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, and we, we make do with what we got. So 
let's just jump right into it. All right, welcome back to the Strangeology podcast. Tonight, I have the privilege of chatting with Jonathan Dodd. Jonathan Dodd is a Virginia-based independent artist, illustrator, and storyteller. And he specializes in an impressionistic style of painting and is perhaps most well-known for his series on Sasquatch. He also works in a highly stylized comic book-esque style for illustrations as well. Uh, Jonathan has been long inspired by nature, spooky campfire stories, and the unexplained. So, Jonathan, how are you doing tonight? How did I do? I'm doing <laughs> awesome. So good. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm a big fan of Strangeology, and I really love all the content that you put out. Um, also, your merch is top-notch. Love all the shirts. That's actually how I kind of like came to find you through, um, I think it was your um, Nightcrawler shirt. Right on. Um, yeah, that's, that a, one, that's a favorite. That one definitely <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's awesome work. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's awesome to hear. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show tonight, man. So this is going to be cool. Um, why don't we just get into it? Uh, can sure. you tell me the, uh, the Jonathan Dodd origin story like where did your journey with art begin well it, I guess it started really early for me um my parents are actually both artists and of sorts um my dad's more of like a storyteller type like he can just think of on the fly any kind of crazy story and just like go off on it um my mom's more of a traditional artist um she does like watercolor stuff and um, she's very crafty as well. So um, I kind of just kind of grew up in it. Um, I can remember my dad, he used to work at a print shop or he run a print shop and he would, um, you know, giant reams of paper and we would set it out on the kitchen table and just kind of like you know, lay it all out with, you know, paper, pens, um, pencils, paint brushes, and then we just go to town, like telling stories, drawing, you know, drawing from comic books and like all kinds of stuff. So yeah, it started early for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like, you know, most people in the art community, <laughs> they have some kind of really early, early roots, um, with that mm -hmm. kind of thing. I, uh, I was always into art growing up myself. Um, although, like my 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 folks weren't too terribly into into the whole art scene or anything like that but i i later found out i'm also a musician um and i found out you know when i was probably a teenager that my dad used to play drums for a band back in the 60s and i was like okay that's where <laughs> that's where that came from <laughs> yeah that's yeah. weird to like when you when you figure out something new about your parents that you didn't really know i know so, i know yeah that's... and my my dad has this whole Woodstock like going to Woodstock back in 1969 story like with his friends and then getting nice. left with the car during a downpour and he actually never even like made it into into the whole thing <laughs> you just oh, hung out no. and hear like hear the music from a distance type of thing yeah. <laughs> I watched so, a documentary on that um, on Woodstock and yeah I, I think the like they just didn't have it like under control so like everybody just 
kind of like swollen and they were like, ah, well, I guess if you have a ticket, that's cool. If, if not, you know, come on in. <laughs> they just right. made it a free event at that point. And yeah, it like yeah. rain, poured down rain the entire time. Right. <laughs> really, really crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely crazy times back then for sure. Um, so you're, you're well known for like your Bigfoot and Sasquatch paintings. And I, I think the first time you mentioned you, you had kind of become aware of me uh, and what I do with like the, the Fresno Nightcrawler stuff. Um, and I, I, I think the first piece that I saw of yours and I was like, Ooh, this is awesome. was a piece that you call poke, um, which for listen listeners out there, it's, um, essentially, uh, the scene is a, a tent, uh, and it's like up on like a mountain pass and there's snow everywhere and there's like lantern light glowing through and there's this like, you know, eight, nine, 10 foot tall Bigfoot Sasquatch creature was like poking the tent. Um, and it's funny because maybe it's a little bit of a synchronicity, but around that same time, I think I had this, I was doing like a listener, um, or follower stories series and, um, Cash Valley Bigfoot had sent me this story where he had um a encounter very much like that and i was like oh that's Ooh. what that probably looked like <laughs> like way out in uh, i think it was utah um so that was pretty cool like what what made you decide that you wanted to like focus uh a lot of your work painting uh this mythical creature that we call bigfoot um well i mean bigfoot has always like really been like on my mind, I guess, like a little kid, I can remember like being able to, you know, whenever I'd go into the elementary school library, I could tell you where the, the Bigfoot section was. Like I would make a beeline right there, you know, and <laughs> I, I could find all the cryptid books in the library. I knew where they were. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's always been something that I've really been interested in and it's kind of like captured my imagination since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but with the, um, with those paintings, it actually kind of happened a little bit by accident. Like I was, um, so I had just gotten, you know, the Procreate on iPad um, and I was playing around with it. Like I had it for a long time, but never really got into it. I'm more of a traditional artist. Mm -hmm. um, like, uh, like I have like canvases and stuff around my office, but um, I, I, I was just playing around with it, trying to get that same, you know, um, traditional paint style, but with a digital format. Yeah. Um, so I was just playing with it and, um, you know, I just like, I would look on Pinterest or something and find like a, a like a nice, like landscape scene and then try to recreate it digitally. Um, and then one day I think I was just kind of like bored with it. And then I just started sketching a Sasquatch in the painting that I was doing. Hmm. And then I was like, this, that would be a cool idea. I think like if I did like a series of sort of nature inspired, um, like landscapes, but they just happened to have a Sasquatch in them. So, I mean, yeah. I, uh, it's, that's kind of where it originated. I guess there was, there's like a, there was the seed that was in me for, you know, since I was a, a child yeah. and then um, it just kind of grew from there as I was experimenting with different paint styles. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, all right, we're back. We had a little bit of interference there. Uh, so Jonathan, you do both, traditional and digital art is there a particular medium you like working with more like you you mentioned you know you work with procreate on the ipad um has that be become kind of like your go-to for for creating for yeah for now it has um and the, 
really only until I can get my studio set up. Um, during quarantine, we, we actually moved um, to our new house and um, I have my, my office is just in shambles and like <laughs> I don't have anything organized. So it, it's really at this point, it's just easier to pick up the iPad and just go for it. Sure. Um, no cleanup that way either, which I really like. It's kind of a, a lazy man, <laughs> a lazy artist medium. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I really, I really enjoy it. Actually, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely want to uh, try that medium out. Like when I do uh, my own designs, I usually grab a pencil and do it the old-fashioned way. Just draw it on a piece of paper, and then I'll mm -hmm. digitize it from there, just using my mouse. Usually, I have a, a Huey on tablet, um, but it's you know the old school kind where you have to look at the screen on your computer and it, there's like a little bit of a, a learning curve to it, but I've, I've gotten used to it. <laughs> uh, but definitely want to try uh, doing like the on-screen drawing at some point. Well, it's, it's actually pretty cool because um, if you know what you're doing with the traditional medium, it actually translates really well into digital. Yeah, yeah that's very cool. Very cool. Um, now, I, I was reading that you... Uh, you have some background in film. Uh, are you still doing stuff with film? Can you talk about that for a minute? Um, not like professionally. Um, we do have a like a, a small production company. Um, it's called the Dodd Brothers Film. Uh, me and my brother run it. Um, also with my oh. cousin, um, we do like some like small commercial stuff, and um, we've actually branched off the last couple of years into well, not this past year, but. Um, last couple years um into wedding videography so we that's that's actually a pretty good money maker you know to you know it you get like four or five weddings a year or, or more sometimes and then you can put that money into doing something a little bit more creative so yeah uh, definitely I mean, <laughs> we, we still do it um we still do it every now and then um we haven't written anything i think everything's kind of been on hold just because of the whole covid thing but sure um, yeah we we hope to we have been talking recently and been like we gotta we gotta get together and do something, <laughs> gotta make a, a video or a film or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, the wedding business is certainly <laughs> can be pretty lucrative. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not bad if, if you can take it. <laughs> yeah, I know it can probably be pretty stressful as well. I I I would think. <laughs> Um, where would you say your favorite place, uh, to be creative is, is it in your studio or do you have like another spot, like on your, your property um, or in your house or actually, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really just on my couch at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I kind of, I think, I feel like I do my best work like in the morning. Like, so I guess like wake up in the morning, like early, make a cup of coffee, sit down on the couch with the dogs, pull out the iPad and just, you know, start creating. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of like my happy place. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You really crank stuff out. <laughs> I've noticed. I try to. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kind of slowing down a little bit. Like during quarantine, I had so much time to devote to the iPad, but like, I'm, I'm kind of like, feeling like I need to get the hell out of the house at this point. So um, it, <laughs> it will slow down a little bit, just a, just a heads up. Gotcha. 
Well, I mean, speaking of projects, let's let's talk projects because uh, you you've mentioned you've got uh, you several you're working on. Um, I wanted to talk uh, about these these cryptid beer labels that you you've been releasing like nonstop. I don't know how many you've got like a dozen of them so far. What's what's the story behind those? Those just so there's this um, I guess a you know part of Procreate. There's this um, application where you can sort of mirror your screen. So you split right down the middle. Whatever you draw on one side will draw on the other automatically. Um, gotcha. And I've seen uh, brands and um, like logo designers use it like really well. And I was really inspired um, to try my own logos. And because I had been sort of on you know the cryptid kick recently, I was like, I need I need to do something with cryptids. And I'm big into craft beer as well, so I was like, it just kind of fit. And then so then I. I got really inspired and started like getting on online and figuring out like all these different beer types and trying to pair it with, you know, the, the correct cryptid for that beer. And it just, it was a, it was a fun project. So, I mean, it wasn't like anything, you know, it wasn't like a commission work or anything like that. Gotcha. It's just a strictly a, a passion project at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a good idea to, to find some investors and, and microbrewers that <laughs> want to start a cryptid themed like beer line. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah that would be awesome yeah for sure um what what's your the favorite one of those that you've done so far Ooh. oh man let's see i actually just got a couple of them printed up as stickers which one did i get i got the snallygaster one that the snallygaster might be one of my favorites cool. that and the chupacabra I don't know. <laughs> Van meter visitor is really good too. I don't know. I'm 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 having I'm having trouble picking one. Yeah. What do you think? They're all great. Um, I really like your chupacabra one though. I think that's probably my favorite uh, out of all the ones you've done so far. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's. Great. That was actually that started as a a live. Like I I went live one day, and uh, Sam Sheeran actually was like, "Hey, do a chupacabra," and I was like. Okay, <laughs> I gotta yes. do a chupacabra now. Sam Shearer chimed in. Oh, that's um, funny. So yeah, you that, know what? <laughs> that's awesome. Go, go ahead. I mean, that that was that was really it. I was just like, man, that that's so cool. So, um, come kind of buddies over Instagram, and um, he's a he's a really inspiring guy. So I'm glad to be friends with him. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm pretty sure that I popped in briefly. Uh, when you're doing yeah. that Instagram live and I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but you know, I had to, I had to bounce pretty quick. <laughs> no, that's, that, uh, but... Yeah. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, so uh, next up here, uh, logos, you've done a lot of logos for mm -hmm. some different podcasts. And one of the ones that I really love the look of is the one you did for Bigfoot Crossroads. Uh, can you talk about the process for that? Like, was it a, a collaboration yeah. or with oh, back yeah. and forth? Or did they Definitely. just say, do um, it, <laughs> have at no, it? Um, no, that's, um, it's, his name is Matt Knapp. Yeah. Um, he, he's, um, he's actually pretty big into the podcasting world. Like, well, I guess he did, um, uh, he had a YouTube channel. It was uh, Bigfoot Outlaws. And that has kind of like spawned uh, Bigfoot Crossroads and um, basically I, th I think he wants to do encounter stories um, and then 
Um, what he wanted to do was he wanted to rebrand himself basically mm-hmm. as something different, um, but more Bigfoot oriented. Gotcha. And he wanted his, his instructions to me were um, unsolved mysteries meets um, in search of. So I was like, so at that point I was like, okay, I get, I got to do this. I, I love doing like the, the retro style stuff. So um, yeah. yeah, I had a, I had a real fun time doing that. Yeah, no, it's very much uh, harkens back to like the eighties. And now that you say like unsolved mysteries, like I definitely, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can definitely feel that vibe for sure. Um, yeah. No, that's great. And uh, yeah. Um, Gosh, what's you? You're also working on uh, cover art for a book series called Tapestry of Worlds. What's that mm-hmm. all about, and how's that all been going? That's been really going well, actually. Um, so I got hooked up with this author through um, Lauren Smith of Nightcrawler's Bigfoot Radio. Yeah. Um, I did a couple things for her and then she was like, I got to introduce you to my friend. Um, she's a, an author and she's got a podcast called Weird Realities. Hmm. So I um, got in touch with her and her name is Hadley Thorne. And um, Hadley has this podcast called Weird Realities and she was like, I need to have a logo for Weird Realities. So I did that for her. And then she was like, I also have this book series that I'm thinking about trying to get some art for. Um, would you be interested in doing that? And I was like, hell yeah, I would love to do that. Nice. Um, I've, and it was, it was my first book cover ever. I've never done a book cover ever. Um, I was really stoked to do that. And she was really down with my style and everything. I think she and I are just like really on the same wavelength when it comes to like the creative stuff. Um, like she really likes that sort of like graphic novel kind of style, like comic book style that yeah. I really like to do. Um, so yeah, the, the first one I did with her was um, Tapestry of Worlds, and it was actually part two called Running and Gunning. Um, and then that went over well for her. She really liked that. So she was like, you got to redo my first book too. So <laughs> I ended go. up doing two books with her, and the next one's coming down the pike. So um, hopefully I'll, I'll be getting that one out here pretty shortly nice. as well. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, great. Uh, now, the uh, the tapestry of worlds isn't necessarily like cryptid uh, themed, is it? I um... no, no. It's it's more of like a post apocalyptic sort of like mashup with like fantasy kind of. Gotcha. Um, at least the first book is the second book. Her goal is to really like mash up a bunch of different genres. Gotcha. Um, so like the first book is a little bit more like fantasy oriented and like horror, like gothic horror. Um, and then the second one is like post-apocalyptic meets like military and um, fantasy. So, I mean, it's, they're really just mashups at their essence and they're, they're really cool. Um, I haven't read all of them yet. Um, I, like she would give me, you know, certain excerpts and stuff like that and like character descriptions. And she had like all these like, you know, Pinterest boards and stuff like that, that I would go in and I would get inspiration. Um, but yeah, I'm plan on once I have a little bit more time, really getting into those because she's a great writer. Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> For sure. Wow, man. So you're, you're really like doing a lot of different things here. But, uh, you know, it's not necessarily all cryptid based, but 
you know, it's, no. it's great. That, that's kind of the way I like it though, just because I don't know, I'm kind of ADD about stuff. <laughs> like I, <laughs> if you look at my Instagram, you can see like, I'll, I'll go through phases. Like I went through that like fine art Sasquatch phase and now I'm in sort of like the beer label phase. And then right, kinda, yeah, kinda, it's a little all over the place actually. And I, I don't know. I, I want to say I want to be a little bit more focused, but I actually, I know I won't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good to mix things up, you know, it keeps things interesting for sure. Well, so I'm wondering, Jonathan, what's the, the first weird story you remember that got you into the whole world of the unexplained? Oh, hmm first weird story well I mean like I told you before my dad was a storyteller um so I mean he I'm sure there was like he started me out on my my weird journey through the unexplained I guess yeah <laughs> um I I but I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what the story was I know also as a child I was very influenced by the Wizard of Oz the the film the Wizard of Oz yeah. and the book the Wizard of Oz um, one actually, the first drawing I ever did at two years old was of the Wicked Witch of the West. No kidding, that's yeah. Fun. <laughs> um, I, my wow. mom actually showed it to me not too long ago. She was like, "This is your first drawing." And I <laughs> held it up. I was like, "Oh my god, that's awful." Like, mom, you saved that? Why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that kind of stuff's cool to have, you know, when you're an adult. <laughs> you're yeah. Like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Awesome. But yeah, like I, I was, I was really, you know, as a kid, like inspired by movies like that. Um, and yeah. like, that, they just kind of like, you know, prep my brain, I think for, you know, the weird stuff that would come. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, were there any uh, like TV shows or, or movies in particular that really stood out to you? Hmm. Actually, yeah, well, number one, definitely The Wizard of Oz, but then um, have you ever heard of um, Return to Oz? I have, but I've never actually watched it. That That's a trippy movie. You should definitely check that out. Because okay. um, that that's, another, that's another like really weird like 80s movie that like was just not for children at <laughs> all, but for some reason like I really attached to. Interesting. Um, I think other stuff. Let's see. Hmm. Let me see. I, I I wrote some stuff down. Hold on. Let me let me check. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like when I was growing up, I I used to watch like unsolved mysteries with my folks and like the theme song for that show always scared the hell out of me for some reason or another yeah, yeah <laughs> they really they really now, went for now it. it's it's kind of nostalgic i don't know it if is. you if you watch sort of like the well i i wasn't really a huge fan of the new netflix version of unsolved mysteries but the the intro definitely hooked me i was like oh my god this is like nostalgia bomb yeah for I mean, sure yeah, I only um, checked out a few episodes of the new the new series, but I, I I have a lot going on, so I haven't been able to catch catch up with the rest of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 
Um, another story I think um, that actually is kind of brings us back around to cryptids um, is the Albert Ostman story. And I'm sure you're very familiar with that one. The, the guy who was kidnapped by Bigfoot. Um, yeah. That one, that one was probably one of the first stories that I read about Bigfoot as, as a child. Um, you know, I, I told you, I, I, go, I would go to the library and I could, you know, go right to the Bigfoot section. That was one of the, the stories that really like grabbed me. And yeah. I think it's like really you know, still just has a place in my brain. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a super wild story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, so maybe more of a, a, a philosophical question here. What, what is it about the strange and unexplained uh, do you think draws so many people to it? Because there's, there's a whole community of people. <laughs> it's, and yeah. it's a lifestyle for some, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. I think, um, I think it's just a human thing, really. Um, like we're, we're just sort of drawn to that that unexplained, like, you know, otherworldly kind of stuff. Like, I feel like we, we want to think that we're very like scientific and, you know, focused as like humans, yeah. but I think really in all realness, we're really just a bunch of <laughs> apes <laughs> that are very superstitious and, you know, just have all these beliefs and stuff like that. So when something like weird happens, like, we're like really hyper focused on it for some reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's uh definitely makes a lot of sense for sure. There's there's always the the question of like who we are, why we're here, are we alone? And then you hear all these yeah. weird stories of people encountering all this stuff out out in the in the world that just doesn't really seem to line up with accepted mm -hmm. understanding of of reality. And it's just like, well, Maybe this, maybe this isn't all there is, and there's something weird going on for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you, you're from Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, do you feel where, like, you grew up had any impact on you developing an interest into this whole Fortean world? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, I grew up like in the country, basically. So like. Um, I grew up in the woods. Um, me and my brother, you know, we would, you know, for the day we would go out into the woods and just, you know, play around and nature really inspires me. So um, I think that that's one thing that I try to translate into my artwork is um, just a sense of an appreciation for nature. Mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely influenced me a lot. Um, and then um, I'm also like, King George is the the town that I'm from, which is very close to like less than 30 minutes away from um, historic Fredericksburg. Oh. And um, so that's like a big civil war town and like every building is haunted <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, so we, uh, we had a great time. Like we would, we would go on like ghost tours and stuff around Fredericksburg, um, like literally every cemetery is supposed to be haunted <laughs> around there. So, I mean, it's like, it's, that's definitely very inspiring, like to, for the, like the weirder side. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I um I had not really been all that aware of all the uh the hauntings and paranormal activity in Fredericksburg. That's pretty it, cool. It's nuts. Yeah. It's actually nuts. Which uh which I guess tour or like building or place there would you say is probably the most active or like your favorite spot to visit? Well, I kind of, I kind I do have a story. Um, this is uh, when I was a young child in the early nineties. Um, we went to, it was a field trip, um, an elementary school field trip. We went to historic Kenmore, which is George Washington's sister's house. Hmm. <laughs> and it's sort of this like opulent brick building, um, that, uh, I guess like pre-revolutionary war um opulence i guess you would call it um and so we went there on a field trip and i got me and some friends got a little sidetracked and you know away from the group and we were looking into this one room at that and you could see through the door crack of this room and it looked like somebody in the bed in that room you could see like the lump in the bed and it looked like long hair coming out and that freaked us out. And to, I guess, I mean, I, I try to be skeptical about things, but like that, that really freaked me out. I mean, I, it, I guess it could be somebody, you know, on their, their lunch break or whatever, sleeping in one of the historical beds. I don't know, but, but seems um, unlikely. <laughs> it, yeah, it totally seems unlikely. Um, yeah. So yeah, me and a couple kids and I, I, I keep meaning to reach out to these kids. You know, the other day I was thinking about, I was like, I got to reach out to them and see if they remember this the same way I do. Um, but yeah, so to, I mean, we, we thought we saw a ghost that day. That's pretty wild. It was, and it was during the daytime? It was or, during the daytime, yeah. Wow. Uh, during during a day tour. That's pretty. Interesting. We we were off sort of in a, a different area of the building though than the tour was going on. Okay. Um. So I don't know, we thought we were rebels or whatever, but yeah. um. <laughs> yeah. So that was strange. Took a took a trip off the beaten path and ran into some some high strangeness. <laughs> right. There you go. That's when it happens, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! So now. Virginia, uh, what are your favorite Virginia-based cryptids? Um, well, we don't have a ton, uh, which is weird yeah. because yeah, I feel I like I feel like everywhere around Virginia has a ton of cryptids. So, like West Virginia has a million cryptids. <laughs> they got um, all the cryptids. <laughs> Flatwoods monster, Grafton monster, Bigfoot. You know, they got everything over in West Virginia. Yep. Um, and then even, you know, like Kentucky is just like down, down there. I mean, they got a ton of stuff too. Um, Maryland, you know, has got the Snallygaster. Pennsylvania, yep. you know, is a little bit, you know, further north. But I mean, it's like, they got a, they got a lot of Bigfoot stuff going on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Virginia doesn't have a ton of cryptids. Like, I know there's Bigfoot activity. Um, yeah. My buddy, my buddy who runs um, the Bigfoot's Wilderness podcast He's actually Virginia-based as well. Okay. Um, and his experience actually happened in Virginia, which kind of catapulted him into doing podcasting. Gotcha. Stuff. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, 
so I mean, I guess we have Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then actually I did a little bit of research um, as well. We, there's a, a sea serpent evidently off the coast of um, like, I guess it's Virginia Beach is where like off, sort of like the Chesapeake Bay area and yes. they call it Chessie. Yes, yes. Very um, similar that's, to... That's really the only ones I think we have. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, um, and I'm not super familiar with the story, but I think there is like a creature or maybe it's just a man in a costume called the Bunny Man. Have you heard of... Yes, yes. Of Bunny Man? I've never yeah. actually been to the bridge, but I know people who would go hang out there. Ah, I see. And, <laughs> you know, just kind of like a delinquent hangout. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a weird one. That's definitely a weird one with a lot of like urban legend stuff yes. surrounding it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm from Vermont and we have a kind of a similar story. Like Vermont doesn't have a ton of cryptids either, uh, but there there's this interesting story about a creature called the Northfield Pigman. And <laughs> no. basically the story is, and it's an urban legend, and some people kind of think it might be a cryptid, but it's I'm on the camp that it's more of just like a story to scare kids but mm -hmm. like allegedly it was like in the 50s this this local uh farm uh farm boy uh would terrorize like pigs and stuff and then on cabbage night the night before halloween the uh this kid his name was sam uh disappeared and like didn't come back so like there was like a search for him and he was never found you know allegedly i don't know if any of this is actually substantiated but uh years and years later uh in like the 70s at the northfield high school during a school dance some kids like skipped out on the dance to go like smoke uh in a sand pit behind That's the school. horror movie uh-huh and then and then the pig man comes out of the woods and it's like this you know, six foot tall, like naked humanoid looking being with like the head of a pig. And they all ran out of the area, like went to the school and were like, help, help, help. Like total horror movie vibes, right? Yeah. And then uh, like some teachers ran out and some like brave students ran out to go see if he was there. But uh, <laughs> there was no trace of the pig man. And uh, Dang. yeah, and then so allegedly this pig man lives in an area uh in a nearby town called the devil's wash bowl and the devil's wash bowl is like there's this class four unmaintained road up uh, a, a local mountain called moortown mountain and i've been up there and it's real sketchy to drive <laughs> on and there's like maybe like one old farm farmstead and it's just like all woods and mountains and and all that stuff so it's it's very uh i guess in the in in like the words of like bobo <laughs> from finding bigfoot it's very squatchy <laughs> yeah but it's like certainly there could be maybe something out there but there is like a further like posting on the internet about it and allegedly in the 80s some kids like went and did a stakeout and then uh the boyfriend of some girl got like his head smashed in by the the pig man and he got his body got dragged away and they never found him oh, no. <laughs> so it's just like yeah 
it's it's funny these like urban legend stories well you know there's a lot of similarities of like something yeah, happening at yeah. a bridge or some teenagers go out <laughs> to like you, th- you think and- it's just like a it's like a consciousness that all people have that they sort of like have this same these same stories from region to region or do you think that it it actually travels like i guess people travel so i mean the stories must travel as well so i don't know maybe it's a little bit of both what do you think it could be a little bit of both you know if if there's uh it's interesting on a recent interview i was talking about the akashic records which i'm not sure if you're familiar with that but Mm -hmm. it's like basically like the the knowledge of like everything and whether or not like human consciousness is local to the brain or if we're just like vessels for consciousness to inhabit to for the universe to experience itself and like maybe there's some way to access this knowledge and it's like collective human consciousness is part of that right so okay yeah it's uh (laughs) It's one of those deep rabbit hole existential <laughs> questions. Yeah, no, that sounds wow. Sounds right at my own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely look into that sometime. It's 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 pretty weird. <laughs> um so follow up to to that. Uh what's your favorite all-time cryptid? Definitely Bigfoot. Definitely Bigfoot. <laughs> definitely Bigfoot without a doubt. Nice, nice. That's awesome. Um, definitely not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what um, would you have done if I had said like I don't know the chupacabra? Like, oh what? man, well that would have just derailed the whole interview. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so beyond that ghost story, do you have any other like personal um, encounter stories? Have you ever seen anything like cryptid like or anything like that? I I've never seen a cryptid. Um, I do have a UFO story though that I could share. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested in that. Absolutely. Um, Go ahead. So uh, I was, and this is, this was like a blatant, <laughs> a blatant thing. Like I, I have no other you know, description for it. Like it was, it was so out there, um, and there's, there's nothing else that it could have been in my mind. So it's. You know how like sometimes you see something and you you're able to put that little seed of doubt in your mind and you're like oh well maybe it was this or maybe it was this like this one was not like that at all for me Hmm. so i was i was driving um i was driving from richmond to uh, fredericksburg actually on uh route 301 and um i was kind of zoning out a little bit you know just kind of highway hypnosis listening to the radio and everything um, I was coming back from work. So, I mean, I was probably just like, you know, really tired or whatever. And then, so I, I saw this, it was like a, a flash, I guess, in the sky, sort of, um, tree level, like the, at the top of the trees. And I kind of like glanced up at it. Um, and then for whatever, I was just like, oh, airplane. So I just went back to driving and then I, it blinked again. And I looked up and I, and, and that split second, this is happening you know, in split seconds, but I was like, that can't be an airplane. It was standing still. So I looked up again and it, sure enough, it was a sphere, like a, a round object that was just sitting there above the trees. And it was, it looked, you know, completely mirrored all around. Um, so I don't know if maybe if, if it was flashing or if maybe it was reflecting the sun, you know, like how people, you know, 
uh, signal, you know, with a mirror. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's what it kind of felt like to me. So I was watching it. It blinked or signaled three times and then turned on its axis and totally disappeared. Wow. And I was like, i've never seen anything like this before in my life yeah and i'm like what in the world was that like there's no way i mean unidentified flying object is what that was (laughs) like there's nothing else that it could have been it's so weird yeah yeah and it's goes back to the those things those kinds of encounters and sightings they happen when you least expect it like they will show themselves to you when they want to you know it's like if you're if you're out looking for that kind of thing chances are you're not, not going to find it anything right no. like i i have my own ufo stories which I've, I've talked about on the show before i saw a triangle three points of light in the sky uh while driving uh driving home from the movies at night with my brother in the car and we drove right under the damn thing and it was there wow it was a, a something Something in the sky right above the trees, and uh, <laughs> I, I've I've seen, uh, I guess you could call them like spook lights or ghost lights, like on the property I grew up on, like flood. I really want to see those, like Super for some reason, like the woods. I, yeah, it's, that's that's like that scares the living shit out of me. Sorry, yeah. the hell out of me. But oh, don't 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 mind about swearing, man. That's fine. Okay, okay. I should have <laughs> asked you before. I, I totally totally. No forgot. worries, no worries. Um, that scares me though, but. I really want to see a split for some reason. I feel like that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. I was, I think, like eight or nine when I saw the one I was outside, like swimming in the pool, and my mom and her friend were smoking cigarettes on the pool deck, and I surfaced from like being underwater, and I saw this like kind of amber, like sphere of light just zip through the woods, like uh, like towards the south, and then I was like, huh. What was that? And then a couple minutes later, came back from the other direction. And I like I grew up I grew up on a hill, like uh, very very much a wooded area. It was like five acres of land, and you know I I grew up playing in the woods too. And like you know I have a great respect for for nature and and love love being out outdoors when I can be. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those things I I I can't explain what that thing was, and it's. Yeah, you just don't expect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so going back to your your childhood, I I yes, saw that you had a story about your grandfather having dealings with a leprechaun. What's that all about? <laughs> that that was a that was a made up story. But, okay. Um, yeah. He was he was also a storyteller, which is where my dad gets it from. Yep. Um, but yeah, they have Irish roots. Um, and a lot, actually a lot of the stories that I grew up with were, you know, fae inspired, um, with, you know, like leprechauns or, you know, um, fairies or elves, you know, whatever, stuff like that. Um, so I think it, it's really, I guess like an Irish thing, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Sure. Um, uh, really i mean that that wasn't a true story (laughs) gotcha gotcha yeah i i saw that on your um 
on your feed and i was just like okay i should probably ask about this like <laughs> you have like a family history of dealing with like uh little people and like tiny humanoid i wish and stuff. i wish but <laughs> no that i think that was a that was a fabrication <laughs> <laughs> oh grandpa you and your stories <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because like up in new england like where i'm from we have the the bridgewater triangle which is infamous mm -hmm. for being a, a home to the Pukwudgie. Uh yeah. so I'm I'm hoping to make it down there at some point, maybe this summer to just kind of wander around and hopefully I don't get Freetown Fall State with. Forest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well yeah that'd yeah. be awesome. You should do a show from there. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I've I've got some plans to like invest in a uh, like a vlogging camera and and some remote gear and stuff like that so nice. hopefully hopefully that can happen at some point soon <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome yeah man so out of like all the different cryptids in the world and there's so many of them like which ones do you think have the highest chances of actually being real oh geez um a few of the like like alien ones i feel like might be real um like i feel like i think the the flatwoods monster comes to mind like yeah just because i feel i think there was a a few people that actually experienced it like i guess they were kids um i can't remember exactly it but i think it was yeah. a bunch of kids you know making their way trying to find you know the the downed aircraft and came upon this creature yep um and I think some of their what else could that be? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, from the description of it, like what else could that be? I mean, that's a that's an alien cryptid. Like that's that's a cryptid from outer space. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that, that's really just that's really just on um, eyewitness testimony. I think um, also Bigfoot um, could be real. Um, I you know like the historical aspect of that alone. Like, I mean they're not making stuff up for fame, <laughs> you know, back yeah. in the day. Right. Um, right. And then like, and it's, it's still happening today. There's sightings for of Bigfoot today. So, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like Bigfoot's probably the number one, but I mean, there are, there are a lot of, of different cryptids as well that I feel like could be authentic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, great. What do you think? Um, I, I definitely think Bigfoot is up there. Uh, there's so many, anecdotal stories which you know people will will say that doesn't really count for much but without anecdotal evidence like what <laughs> what do you have you know i i think there's there's certainly enough stories and and you know tracks and and audio recordings and and even some some of the the video footage out there uh yeah. is is certainly compelling enough for me to make me think that yeah these creatures could be real i mean jane goodall thinks that you know it's possible yeah. <laughs> that bigfoot exists so as far as uh like other other cryptids you know uh i i think there's there's a couple that could potentially uh exist i i think there's something to uh little people in the fae and tiny humanoids yeah. and like the, yeah. the hopkinsville the kelly Hop hopkinsville goblins 
you know that's, that's one real, of my favorite stories that's a real interesting one that's also kind of like alien ish at least with the story because there's a ufo involved and mm-hmm. just like the the total high straininess of it and i'm not <laughs> i'm not convinced it was owls you know <laughs> right yeah so, what, do you, these, what do you think about the, the concept that the fae and aliens are sort of like the same thing one and the same but just you know different interpretations you know depending on who's viewing them and what right. time period you're viewing them in. yeah what do you that, think about that i mean that's a that's an interesting school of thought for sure because whatever the you know the phenomenon is that uh interacts with humankind seems to evolve and change in the different like eras of our history like you look back yeah. into like the time of alexander the great and he's conquering india and the near east and he sees like flying shields in the sky like what <laughs> like what could that be or yeah. you, <laughs> you have like different stories of you know early uh, christian europe where people would see flying crosses in the sky um mm-hmm. you, it's there's just like it (laughs) and then the the 1800s when there was like flying airships before we had planes you know there's just so many Mm -hmm. different examples where it's like is this all the same the same thing that's just presenting differently over a period of time or are they not connected at all and maybe the fae is like an interdimensional thing and extraterrestrials are extraterrestrials from another planet it's yeah. you know the 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 truth uh, is out there somewhere <laughs> and who knows you know maybe it's all nothing or maybe there's something to it but you know yeah. in in my experience I, I and research into the topic i i would say i'm in the camp that there's there's something going on for sure yeah Definitely. uh yeah so now this is great <laughs> Um, so yeah, Bigfoot, what do you think is the, the best piece of evidence that we have for a big, Bigfoot being real? Um, well, I, I think for me at least, and I'll try to tie this a little bit into, um, design client work, which is going to be kind of weird, but I think you'll understand what I'm talking about here. Um, when, when a client comes to you with a project and you want to convince them that your, your project is what they want, basically, um, what you don't do is give them one thing to look at and scrutinize. <laughs> you give them a couple different things to look at so that they can see it and you know say, oh, I like this and I like this, and I like this. Could you put this together and you know maybe make something different, you know? you know, bring it all together. So it, it turns more positive that way, as yeah. opposed to, oh, I don't like this. I think you should change this, you know, this, this, this. So I think the same thing goes for um, Bigfoot and that it's not one piece of evidence that would necessarily, a skeptic would look at and say, oh, well, you know, this is, this is the definitive proof right here. Um, I think you have to kind of take different things and put them together. And say, so like an example would be, 
the Patterson Gimlin film, which I think is a fantastic piece of evidence, if you scrutinize or if you look at it and you know are able to see there, um, if you have that trained eye. Um, but also the other components to that whole story are um, like Patterson and Gimlin's eyewitness account. That's one right. thing. Um, Bob Titmus's uh, casts of the footprints that were in the sandbar. So taking you know the the sandbar footprints and comparing them with what you see in the film, that somehow in my mind at least makes things a little bit more credible. So I th I think you really need to instead of examine one thing, be able to take a whole bunch of different things and put it together, and you know. They, support one another I guess is what I'm saying yeah for sure does that kind of make sense <laughs> oh yeah no absolutely yeah having corroborating pieces of evidence just strengthens strengthens the case you know if you have just like one one footprint that you have a cast of or a piece of hair or <laughs> one obscure video it's not gonna prove anything and obviously you know you there's going to be need to be a body or some kind of like extraordinary, like face-to-face -face interaction with multiple people and have it be on camera with where you can like unequivocally say like, yep, this is real before people are going to be like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, but no, that's great. Patterson Gimlin film is really awesome though. It well. is. <laughs> it is. I love the, the 4k like upscale that's mm -hmm. that was done where you can see like the thigh jiggle <laughs> and like yeah. just like the the musculature of, of of patty's body and i know that film has been scrutinized so much in the past 50 60 years since it came out and I think the only other film that's been scrutinized so hard is the jfk assassination film yeah <laughs> i think i heard yeah. that one um Astonishing Legends. Have you heard the Astonishing, Astonishing uh, Deep Dive? I haven't actually checked out that episode. I, I'll have to do it. You should definitely. I mean, if you if you have twelve hours to spare, definitely go into that. Oh uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's awesome. It's really nice. cool. Yeah, yeah. I definitely got to. I, I have a lot of catching up to do on podcasts. It's like running your own podcast and doing all your own content. And yeah, you're a busy dude. I am a busy dude. You're a busy dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like my full-time my my not full-time full-time job. <laughs> um so yeah, we're getting close to the top of the hour here. Um just want to do a couple more questions uh for you. I got to go okay. back to the the Pale Crawler beer label you did, which you dropped like right around the same time I did my episode on them. Yeah. Um yeah. What, yeah, what do you think uh pale crawlers are do you think they're real um i yeah I, I definitely think they're real um i think though that they're probably more on the supernatural side um i tend i tend to lean more to the supernatural on that specific yeah. cryptid um and i actually um read something recently um i think it was expanded perspectives or something hold on a sec i think i wrote it down somewhere yeah, Expanded Perspectives um, did an episode on Pale Crawlers as well, and they actually had a encounter that happened in Virginia 
Oh. Um, <laughs> which I was like, what? <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, it was these uh, ambulance drivers. They were driving, um, you know, down an old country road after a call. Yeah. And, you know, they turn, they turn the corner and their high beams hit um, this thing standing in the field, um, crouched in the field. And they were like, what in the world? They, I mean, they passed it. So they're like, what was it? They both saw it. Yeah. Um, you know, the long legs, the long arms, you know, bone white. Totally you know, gaunt. <laughs> yeah, totally the golem looking dude out in the field. And um, so, the, and they actually went back to see if they could find it again and it wasn't there. Yeah. But what actually, but really what fascinated me about it was that these were ambulance drivers. Mm-hmm. They're around carnage and death all day long. Yeah. So that, that really like started to make me think like, number one, what was their call beforehand? I wish I knew, I know what that was. Right. Um, but it kind of like reiterates that theory that maybe these things are supernatural in, you know, in what they are. Yeah. Also maybe they're, maybe they feed on, you know, negative energy or, you know, um, maybe they, they feed on death or something. I, I don't know. Um, cause I feel like they, they're always really, they're associated with death in some way, or, um, they're also like seen around cemeteries a lot as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. so, I mean, that, that kind of correlated with me a little bit and that sort of made me think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> there. It's a very interesting and like developing case. It's, it's, I know there's a lot of people that will, make their like creepypasta type stories so it's it's hard to know what's true or not out there but there's enough compelling uh testimony out there that makes me think there's there's something going on and it is interesting that you know a a lot of the stories do seem to lend themselves towards whatever they are being uh some kind of supernatural or maybe interdimensional uh, type mm-hmm. of being, you know, uh, there was this one story that I actually posted on my Instagram feed. Uh, I think it was last summer and it was, uh, a guy who posted it on Reddit and he was out in Western, Western PA, kind of like near the Pittsburgh area, I think. And he was out camping with some buddies and he was like going out to like go collect wood for the fire. It was like, early March, I think it was like right before the pandemic hit. (laughs) And uh, he was saying that he would like go out. He was like a boy scout. So he knew how to do like the survival skill stuff. And all his buddies were, you know, getting messed up and having a good time partying. And then he wound up having to go further and further to go find firewood because the campsite they were at was like picked clean. And he started like having these like weird like things start happening like he'd hear this like whistling sound like surrounding yeah. him and then eventually eventually he i think it was like three or four o'clock in the morning and he uh he's like out grabbing wood and he hears one of his friends call to him and he calls back and then he doesn't hear anything in response and then he's just like yo don't mess with me and then he like 
hightails it out of the spot he he was in and he started hearing this thing like flanking him like yeah. <laughs> like chasing after him and he could hear like the weird whistling noise and then he he like hit the dirt and found like a little like spot he could hide it out in like there was like a little bit of like a, a ditch with some mm-hmm. leaves and some branches and stuff and he like jumped in there and then waited a minute and he looked and he could and it was dark and kind of snowy but he he saw this like silhouette of like some weird gaunt lanky creature standing in the spot that he was in that called out when he called out towards his friend and then he heard it like say a couple of things like mimicking his voice and mimicking his friends (laughs) and then it like and then it like left the area and at like breakneck speed, like faster than like a natural animal would move. <laughs> so it's like man, I read that story, man, and that was just like, ooh, <laughs> like no, crazy. thank you. So you know whether or not that's you know 100 percent true or if it was made up, it's it's hard to say. But you know, <laughs> either way, the guy was a uh, pretty pretty good at painting uh, a picture <laughs> with words yeah, for sure. That's creepy. That's yeah. super creepy. Yeah, definitely not something I want to run into ever. <laughs> I think there, there's also like a historic precedence for that as well. Um, I think it's the Cree Indians have um, their First Nations in Canada. Um, I think it's called the Minigishi. I don't know if you've yes. ever heard the Minigishi, mm-hmm. but it's uh, supposedly a humanoid creature that hides in the rocks in the river and causes accidents with canoes and drownings and stuff like that. Yeah. But they also, they also kind of, um, they, I guess the, they describe it as a, you know, pale, like very lanky kind of creature that, you know, preys on people that are out in nature. So that's, that's very similar to all these pale crawler things. Yeah, no, definitely. I actually, um, I did a little bit of a piece on my pale crawlers episode, uh, going into the, the Manigishi a little bit okay. because there there are some similarities there um it's it's definitely pretty interesting it's uh, a lot of like the the first nations uh native american tribes have all this folklore and legend and it's like there's a lot of really interesting stuff in their folklore that talks about a lot of these creatures in similar yeah. ways and it's just like is there something <laughs> that's been here for a long time and <laughs> might not want to mess with it. About it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Great. Well, um, I think I'm going to throw in a couple audience questions uh, for you. A couple, couple curveballs here. <laughs> um, so our first question we have uh, from Jeremiah over at uh, Bigfoot Society. What's up, uh, our, Jeremiah? Our, our good buddy. Um, so yeah. he's he asks, what are the main resources that you use as reference for when you draw? Let's see. Like so for the the Sasquatch paintings that I do, I'll usually try to find a couple different reference images like via Pinterest or um just like a Google search. Um usually I'll have something in mind like um Yosemite National Park or something like that and I'll you know type that in and bring up a couple images and then try to compose something through that so really just online stuff um and then with um the cryptids themselves um like drawing Bigfoot I tend to 
look at, at pictures of bonobo apes a lot. Like, I feel like they're, I, I, I really like drawing a lanky Sasquatch. Like I, a, a lot of eyewitness reports, you know, say that they're um, very thick and big and tall. Yeah. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I, I identify with a lanky Sasquatch. I don't know why. I, I just, I think it, it's more fun to draw that way. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> Great. Um, our next question comes from uh, the Mr. Sam Sharon. And uh, he asks, what's your favorite science fiction monster of all time? Favorite science fiction monster? Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Maybe the Predator. I really like the Predator. Nice. <laughs> that, and that was one of those movies that I saw way too young as yep. well. It just like, yep. scarred me for life in a good way. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, th I think I'm going to go with the Predator right now. Nice. Tomorrow, Ask me tomorrow and I may go with something totally different, but right now it's Predator. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I think um, Gremlins 2 was probably that movie for me. <laughs> that one's good. Oh, actually, The Fly as well. I really like The Fly. Ooh. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. That's a good one. That one really freaked me out when I was a kid. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the practical effects in that movie are <laughs> gross. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then we've got uh, one final question from uh, our buddy Easton Hawk. And he asks, uh, what's. What's your favorite uh, Bigfoot uh, Yeti encounter in this, uh, story? Oh, Bigfoot Yeti encounter story. Um, I'll, I'll go with Yeti on this one. Um, I, I don't know that I have actually have a, a favorite one, but I, I, when he said Yeti, this one popped into my mind. Um, when I was doing the um, cryptid drawing per day of the story, um, back in October, um, I found this story where um, these Sherpas, you know, were going through the, the mountains, you know, trying to find all their herd, basically, that had gotten away. And they started hearing these really awful screams in the distance. And they were like, nope, we got to we got to find cover. So they jumped into this little um, cave, basically. They were like, screw the herd. We're getting in the cave because we've heard awful stories about what's going mm -hmm. on here. And all night long, they heard screams and whistles and all kinds of really crazy sounds. And then the next day, they emerged from the cave to find two or three of their herd just totally smeared across the, the tundra. Yes. Um, and that was, I can't remember exactly, I can't remember who wrote that one, but it was um, an explorer, I guess, who went in search of the Yeti at one point and um, was gathering all these stories up from the locals. So yeah, that, that was a good one. I, I thought that was, that was a really um, <laughs> pretty <crazy> story. <laughs> That's brutal. <laughs> yeah. <Jeez. laughs> I like, I like the violent ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, we might as well, uh, start wrapping things up here uh john you're uh jonathan you're planning on um being at some upcoming festivals uh 
later this year. Uh, can you tell my audience which ones you're going to be at and are you vending at them or are you just hanging out? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be at um, Cryptid Bash on August the 7th. Right. Um, that's the, um, the event that the Moth Boys are putting on. Um, there's going to be um, small town monsters movies p- being played. There's going to be a brewery, um, Greenbrier Valley Brewery Company is going to be there. Um, and then just like the best cryptid vendors you could think of are going to be there. Um, I'm so excited to get there. Just, um, like just like me and you, like we, we've talked on Instagram, you know, every now and then. Um, we like each other's posts. We post each other's posts and stuff like that. We share everything, but, um, I'm really excited to like face-to-face meet everybody. So that's probably the of the summer where, um, we're all going to be together. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. It's going to be definitely going to be a time. It's, uh, that'll be my first, uh, <laughs> first festival vending at. So it's going to yeah, be me too. an experience. Me too. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm gonna like figure my table and everything <laughs> nice. um, and then uh then in november is cryptid con um i'll be at cryptid con um that's november 20th and 21st um in lexington kentucky um i'll be vending there um and slinging my merch right on right on um so uh one final question I've got for you. Uh, it's uh, I, I've been kind of asking all, all my guests this, uh, <laughs> just kind of a fun fun closer. Out of uh, all mm-hmm. the high strangeness out there in the world, what keeps you up at night the most? <laughs> um, I don't know, bro. The high strangeness is kind of my escape. <laughs> I, I like. Old stuff that scares the shit out of me. So, <laughs> right on. <laughs> so you live and breathe the whole, the yeah. whole world of weird. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, this has uh, been a super fun conversation, Jonathan. Um, can you uh, tell my uh, my listeners where they can they can find you uh, online? Sure. Um, my Instagram is at Jonathan Dodd underscore draws. And uh, my website is Jonathan You can contact me there. Um, hit me up. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening to uh, the show today. This is, this has been a great time. Um, so Jonathan's uh, agreed to hang out for a little bit for uh, the Patreon segment of the show. We're going to talk about some, some Bigfoot stories and some other weird topics as well. So definitely uh, stick around after, after the, uh, the regular show is over for patrons. (laughs) All right, everyone, we will uh, see you next time. And uh, thanks again, Jonathan, for, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks again to Jonathan Dodd for coming onto the show. Again, make sure to follow him over on his Instagram and check out his shop over on TeePublic if you'd like to purchase any of his art. 
it's always awesome to support independent artists as much as we can. And definitely say hi if you're going to be out uh, at any of the upcoming uh, festivals that he'll be vending at. So yeah, definitely check that out. All right, and uh, time for the usual shout-out session. As always, a big shout-out to all my patrons who help make this show possible uh, without your help and your support. You know, this thing wouldn't be uh, getting to the uh, the place it would be now, and uh, you're all very much appreciated and awesome. So shout-out to Alex Dorgan, Alyssa, Robin from the Mystic Novelty Company, Christine McTire, Chad from Appalachian Huntsman, Michael Waddell from MetaZoo Games, Greg Morrill from All the Weird and the Order 66 podcast, Roberto Martinez, Sean Cologne, Miranda Jarnot, John Hickenbottom, Sarah Sherg, Maureen Asmat, Daniel Preparedwolf, Kathy Howard, and Gail Frederick. If you'd like to become a patron and support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash strangeology for more information. Uh, once you're there, you can check out all the tiers that I have. Uh, there's really awesome rewards, uh, like shout outs, as you just heard, <laughs> early access to content, exclusive content, as well as exclusive merch. Uh, I'll be working on some more exclusive merch hopefully soon. Uh, and also the Strangeology Beyond segment of the show, which is only for my patrons, and uh, merch discounts and, and some more stuff too, so definitely check it out. And as always, for my regular listeners out there, thank you so much for listening to my show and sharing it with friends and family, and you're all awesome, and thank you so much for listening and and uh, sharing the podcast and being into what I do. I definitely appreciate it so much. Also, make sure to follow me on all my social media accounts if you haven't yet. Uh, my main uh, base of operations is really Instagram, but I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, TikTok as well. And if you have any personal stories or encounters with anything strange and unexplained, give a call into the Strangeology hotline. The number is 802-448-0612. Again, that's 802-448-0612. I'm hoping to compile a collection of stories uh, submitted from listeners and, and followers, uh, hopefully to put together a fun episode uh, in the near future. Uh, I Early on, I did an episode of, of uh, written uh, entries that people emailed in to me. So this time around, I'd, I'd love to do do a, a call-in uh, uh, version and uh, hopefully get some cool stuff going. Uh, just a heads up, there's a three-minute time limit on the voicemail. So if your story does take longer than that, just call back and leave another message picking up where you left off. And as always, my DMs are always open. If you have any comments or suggestions, uh, you, can all, you can also email me at strangeologist at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the free part of the episode today. Thanks again for tuning in. And for patrons, stick around after the break for Strangeology Beyond. 
Jonathan and I got into uh, more Fordian topics, uh, high strangeness, and some cool Bigfoot stories. So definitely stick around and give it a listen. So until next time, take care of yourselves and each other and keep it strange. beyond segment for all y'all patrons out there uh definitely has been an awesome time talking with jonathan dodd tonight um john thanks for <laughs> hanging out again um we're gonna talk and just kind of let it yeah we're, we're just gonna let this flow and uh jonathan's got some some cool bigfoot stories that he's gonna gonna share and a couple other weird st- weird things that you know I'm I'm not quite sure. Well, we're just let's just let's <laughs> what just do let, I have in store? I know, I know. Let's just like <laughs> let this rock here. Yeah.